to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio. Okay, so today we are still in the midst of the coronavirus scare of 2019 and 2020. A lot of stuff going on and I don't want to belabor the whole coronavirus too much. I've already spent a fair amount of time talking about it, including most of last week's show. However, there is some information I haven't had an opportunity to bring to you, and some new de- new developments happened this week. So I am going to rant about uh, something related to coronavirus, but really not that related to coronavirus, more of a part of the bigger problem, we'll say. So we'll talk about that during the rant. And then I have an awesome guest on today's show who is going to enlighten us uh, with her uh, education on how the immune system actually functions. This, of course, is going to be good for us to understand, regardless of whether or not there is a virus uh, running around uh, through all the countries of this world or not. So uh, a lot of good information for you on today's show. Okay, so I want to talk about a uh, piece of the bigger problem as it relates to coronavirus during my morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, all right. What am I talking about today? Well, there's some interesting stuff. You know, there's a lot of people online, on air, on in the media somewhere that I disagree with. And there's a lot of people, well, okay, there's a lot less people that I agree with in those areas, but there are a few, certainly. And then there are some people, and I would say maybe even most people that I sometimes agree with because, you know, they aren't all bad and they aren't all good. And uh, in this case, we're going to talk about someone who is pretty controversial, but what is being done to him should not be controversial at all. It should be absolutely looked upon as uh, disgusting by, well, the Attorney General of New York. Uh, No surprise there. Okay, so let's talk about this. Whenever there's a disaster, a pandemic, or any other opportunity There is always someone ready to make a buck. In the case of coronavirus, we had people buying literal truckloads of hand sanitizer and reselling it on Amazon and eBay for 10 to 50 times what they'd paid for it. And you can see price gouging as evil or good old-fashioned supply and demand. But what about the people who might be preying on people's fear in other ways, 
other than price gouging? Well, right now, there are a couple of people under attack because they suggested that colloidal silver might be an option to fight coronavirus. Now, first, let me state that we do not know if colloidal silver kills coronavirus COVID-19. It hasn't been studied, and therefore, we have no proof. However, I have a problem with what's going on here. In an article by Hannah Kozlowska, I believe is her name, uh, she says she's an investigative reporter, and she's on a website called QZ.com, which I'd never heard of before. And based on this article, I may either go back a lot because it may give me lots of rant material, or I may never go back again because they don't seem to uh, care much about what they're actually putting on their website. But here's the headline. Alex Jones peddled a fake coronavirus cure that can turn people's skin permanently blue. Now, you may or may not know who Alex Jones is. And if you do know who he is, you probably have a fairly solid opinion of how you feel about him, either good or bad. He's a very controversial guy. But this has very little to do with Alex Jones, so don't worry about that so much. New York State Attorney General Letitia James has ordered right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to stop making misleading claims about supposed coronavirus cures sold on his website, InfoWars. Now, that in and of itself is an extremely slanted first paragraph. Right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, it wouldn't be enough for her to say right-wing, you know, right-wing what, journalist, uh, right-wing podcast host, uh, whatever it is, Alex Jones, but she has to throw in conspiracy theorists, which immediately makes everybody think, oh my gosh, she's a conspiracy theorist. He must be crazy tinfoil hat wearing. And I'm telling you right now, whenever they throw conspiracy theorists in front of something, you should listen to that person at least a little bit, at least hear him out, because the truth of the matter is whenever they say conspiracy theorists, most cases, I would say, they're trying to put you off the scent of that trail, if, if you know what I mean. Now, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there, and some of them are pretty wacky. But a lot of conspiracies are real, and as I point out on uh, Vitality Radio and have done so for the last 10 or 11 years, there are probably more conspiracies out there that are real, maybe then are fake. But regardless, we're talking about Alex Jones pretty sensationalized dude. A lot of people think he's a whack job, and that's fine. What's Letitia James all upset about? The attorney general's office is extremely concerned about Jones hawking these products on his online show. It said in a cease and desist letter dated March 12th, the products include a nano silver toothpaste, which Jones says kills the whole SARS corona family at point blank range. Now, that's a pretty strong claim, Alex, and I can understand why she got upset with you about that. But then the article says there is no medical evidence behind these claims. In fact, the FDA and NIH say colloidal silver is not safe to use and can even cause argyria, a bluish-gray skin discoloration that's typically permanent. As the coronavirus continues to pose serious risks to public health, Alex Jones has spewed outright lies and has profited off of New Yorkers' anxieties, said Attorney General James in a statement. Such misrepresentations are illegal according to New York law. All right. Now, I stated before, I don't really care how you feel about Alex Jones one way or the other. 
What I care about here is when fake government concern for our health and safety and fake news from so-called investigative journalists skews the picture of what's actually going on here. Now, Alex Jones very well may be just trying to make a quick buck off of coronavirus. Lots of people are doing that. Heck, I'll full disclosure, I'm doing it. I don't know that I would say it's necessarily intentional. In fact, if you listen to my show from four or five weeks ago, I talked about how I think coronavirus is pretty overblown, that all we need to do is take care of our immune systems, and we're going to be fine. And in most cases, I think that's exactly true. I never went out and said, oh, yeah, we got to you know, stockpile colloidal silver because the end is near. But I'll tell you, Vitality Nutrition right now, sales on immune-enhancing products are through the roof. We, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm not going to convince people not to buy things that they may need in case they do actually get sick, but I am being very cautious about selling things that I actually believe have efficacy for this and not just trying to sell stuff just to sell stuff. There's always ethics involved in sales, or at least there should be. But I don't know what Alex Jones is trying to do with this. He's, a again, a real sensational guy in terms of how he presents all this stuff. And he shouldn't have made that statement that he made about the point-blank range kill of all SARS coronavirus because we don't know if COVID-19 will succumb to colloidal silver. But let's talk about colloidal silver and what we do know. Okay, we don't know if it kills COVID-19. However, we do know that it kills over 650 different bacteria viruses, and fungi on contact within minutes to hours. And that has been proven and written up in medical journals and on PubMed itself. It's the government's medical study website, okay? So we know that it at least has extreme, extremely powerful action against many, many things. In fact, it has very powerful action against things that most drugs do not have powerful action against, such as MRSA, which is mostly antibiotic-resistant. Colloidal silver kills it on contact within minutes to hours, depending on the concentration of the silver used. So we know that it's powerful stuff and that it has um, evidence that it works. Get this, though. Another government agency, the EPA, approved advertising claims for something called Axon 30 which is a 30 parts per million colloidal silver spray. And what did they approve it for? They said that it has a 30-second kill time. So within 30 seconds, it kills it, and a 24-hour residual kill time on standard indicator bacteria, a two-minute kill time on the resistant bacteria MRSA and VRE, a 10-minute kill time on fungi, a 30-second kill time on HIV type 1, and a 10-minute kill time on other viruses. That's the Environmental Protection Agency saying that silver in a spray is powerful enough to do that. The FDA approved a product that we actually sell at Vitality Nutrition, a colloidal silver gel, and saying that it can kill staph, strep, and I think there's three other things. I, I should have had the label here with me, and I don't but three other things that are actually listed on the bottle because the FDA said, yes, you have enough proof that this antibacterial, antiviral 
colloidal silver gel on contact can kill these things. Now, that is impressive because it is a natural substance and the FDA does not go around lightly awarding the ability to make those types of claims on something natural. It just doesn't happen much. So, we know that much about colloidal silver. But get this, later, the EPA then also said, not only can it do all that stuff that we said, but it also acts on H1N1, RSV, adenovirus type 2, equine herpes virus type 1, and murine norovirus. Now, that's pretty impressive. They say, this stuff will kill this, those things, and you, we have evidence, and because of that, we're going to allow you to make those claims on your label. But beyond all that, we also know that on PubMed, again, the government's own website, they say that colloidal silver has been proven to fight HIV, herpes simplex virus, RSV, monkeypox virus, influenza virus, TCRV, and hepatitis B virus. Now, not only have they shown that it fights those things, they actually know how it fights those things. And so that's all clinically proven and showing on PubMed, the government's own website that publishes medical studies. So those are the things we know about colloidal silver. Now, lastly, I want to talk about one other thing that's really, really interesting about colloidal silver or, or silver in general. The people who brought you Pergo, you know, the flooring, that uh, kind of fake wood laminate flooring, they actually produce a polymer that is infused with silver. And these are the effects that they've actually proven that it has. When the polymer comes into contact with human skin, so in other words, if I were to touch a countertop, for instance, the nanosilver impregnated polymer begins emitting silver ions. This unique silver ion emitting polymer was developed for use with products such as toilet seats, doorknobs, and other common contact services. Surfaces, sorry. According to news reports, the compound was successfully tested by the Chinese Center for Disease Control against SARS, which has a particular interest in public safety due to the numerous SARS virus outbreaks in the past few years in China. Now, this is 10 years ago, okay? Or not quite 10 years ago, but anyway, this is old news. Professor of the Academy of Military Medical Sciences in China recently stated, we tested the compound against a 4-hour, 8-hour, and 24-hour exposure period and found no surviving SARS virus upon 24 hours of exposure to the polymer. In other words, when the polymer was purposely contaminated by the SARS virus, it began killing the virus within 4 hours and had killed all SARS viruses on the surface within 24 hours hours. Now, what do we know about coronavirus? Uh, I should say COVID-19. We know that it's part of the family of coronaviruses, which includes SARS virus. So, while Alex Jones certainly went a little overboard making that blanket statement saying that his colloidal silver toothpaste would kill all of the coronavirus family, because we do not know if it will, we have overwhelming evidence of how effective colloidal silver is as an antiviral agent, including as an agent against SARS, which is a coronavirus, and even other viruses that are potentially much more nasty, such as HIV. 
So if there's all that evidence about colloidal silver, then why is there this witch hunt to go after Alex Jones or anybody else peddling it right now? And then they want to sensationalize it by saying, oh, and it can turn you blue. Well, this reporter, who deserves no respect from me based on this article, she states in the headline, not only is it, you know, it's, it's quackery, but it also can turn your skin blue. Do you know how rare Argeria is, this condition that turns your skin blue-gray from silver? Well, for one thing, it's incredibly rare. But for another thing, it doesn't happen with colloidal silver. It happens in people that silver mine and that work in environments where silver is being inhaled in the air and over long extended exposure, it can happen. And even then, it happens very, very rarely. You and I don't see a lot of blue people walking around, right? The only cases where colloidal silver is being blamed for Argeria are anecdotal. We don't know if colloidal silver caused the issue, and the people who have claimed that it caused the issue are making their own silver in their basement or their garage or wherever they make their own silver. They're not buying actual silver that is manufactured correctly by companies that know what they're doing. So, while I do not know if colloidal silver will cure coronavirus, or will kill coronavirus, and I'm not going to make a statement that says that it does. What I will make a statement of is, well, let's put this in two parts. I want to know why it's not being tested for it. If we're so worried and we say, oh, we're at least a year to 18 months out on a vaccine, which there's a bunch of people, including proponents of vaccines, saying we may not be able to come up with a vaccine for this stuff, period, let alone in 18 months. Wouldn't it be pretty easy? I mean, if we can test for coronavirus right now, can't we also test colloidal silver on coronavirus right now? I brought up a couple weeks ago on the show, or last week, that there's two drugs that we already have evidence probably fight coronavirus fairly effectively. And there's vitamin C that fights it very effectively. And there's a bunch of other things that probably fight it very effectively. But we're not talking about those things because why? Well, the drugs are too old to make much money. They're not patented anymore. And nobody can make a bunch of money off of vitamin C. It's everywhere. Nobody's going to corner that market. And the same could be said about colloidal silver. But if they can get a vaccine out there, then they can give that to billions of people, even people who aren't sick, and make billions of dollars. So, of course, that's the route they're going to take, even though we're, we're on full-blown lockdown. I mean, when this show airs, while you're listening right now, assuming that you're listening within a day or two after it airs, nothing's open. I mean, we're in like uh, this weird, surreal, like zombie apocalypse kind of a thing. I was supposed to take my kids out of town this weekend, but there was nowhere to take them. We're locking everything down. We're trying to prevent the spread of this virus. And yet nobody in government is saying, hey, maybe we ought to look at colloidal silver. Instead, they're demonizing the people who are saying that. And that's the problem I have. While I don't know that it works, I will tell you what I'm doing. I know that colloidal silver on surfaces is very, very effective for up to 24 hours. In fact, if you think about antibacterial soap or hand sanitizer, how effective is it? Well, it washes stuff and cleans stuff off and kills stuff on contact on the hands. But once the alcohol evaporates, then what? Well, you can get it again right away in 
case of silver, it can actually stay on the surface and potentially provide 24-hour protection, according to some of the research I've seen. So I've got colloidal silver. I've got it open at Vitality Nutrition. I'm spraying it on my hands every so often. I've got colloidal silver at home. I use it on countertops. I use it on my hands. I spray it down my throat. I'm not concerned about coronavirus particularly. I'm a healthy 47-year-old and probably don't have anything to worry about. But I don't want to promote the spread of it either. So why not take precautions? And while I don't know that silver does work, I have a pretty good hunch that it probably will if they ever actually test it. And for me, that's worth utilizing because I also know that silver is incredibly safe. Silversol, my favorite colloidal silver, made by a company called American Biotech Labs right in Utah, they've got evidence, mounds of it, that silver is safe. In fact, they've proven that their silver leaves the human body within 24 hours. So it can't cause Argeria, that blue man group thing, okay? But these people in government, these overhyped, over, I don't even know what to call these people, overimportant, self-important maybe, people in media and in government that are going to demonize people because they're saying, well, we may have a cure for coronavirus. Well, how about we should look at that? And wonder if maybe we do have a cure for coronavirus. Maybe we do. But they'll never, ever, ever admit to that. Not in the middle of a pandemic. There's way too much money to be made otherwise. All right. That's going to be the rant for today. And uh, I'm going to bring on a fantastic guest after I take a break. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is we don't just sell supplements. We consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662, that's 801-292-6662, or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. 
Hello, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio. I hope you enjoyed the rant that opened up the show. I know you're going to enjoy this next segment that I have. I have a great guest. I'm going to go ahead and introduce Jennifer Rasp Bickerton. She has more degrees than I could possibly go into over the next uh, 30 minutes that I'm going to have her on the show. And so I'm not going to go into all those, but I will hit some highlights. She has a degree in biology, applied kinesiology, and is a licensed chiropractor in Tampa, Florida. She radically altered her own life and health with dietary supplements. And that's how I want to introduce you, uh, Jennifer, and begin this interview. Welcome to Vitality Radio. Tell us about your health journey. Uh, Thank you, Jared. My health journey began many years ago, actually. I was chronically ill for years, uh, starting at the age of 14, I had Epstein-Barr virus. By the time I married, I had chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. About 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, and I really struggled. But I began seeing a naturopathic medical doctor, and I started using dietary supplements And these have really changed my life. It was not a quick fix. I worked on my health for about seven years, and now I am completely in remission, and I am turning around and giving back to my community, working nationally as an educator to help people understand how they can take more control of their health. And uh, that's why I'm here today. Well, fantastic. And it's good to have you. We got a a little bit of a unique opportunity to speak longer than I expected to prior to recording this interview due to some uh, technical difficulties, but it was great to to hear your story and hear a little bit more about you. You mentioned something that I want you to share with my audience, and that is when you learned that you actually had a choice about how you were going to go about taking care of your health. Absolutely. One day I was standing at the counter in my doctor's office and frustrated, um, paying for one more test, one more treatment. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I was complaining and I said, do I have to do this? And my doctor overheard me and he said, Jennifer, you don't have to do anything. You always have a choice. And uh, I was completely baffled by what he said because I had been struggling for years. But about a week or so later, I went to my fibromyalgia support group. And I'm sitting there watching my friends come in, you know, on uh, walkers and in wheelchairs with morphine patches and Demerol. And these were my friends. Uh, They had been supporting me and helping me to accept my limitations. And I sat there and I recalled the words that my doctor had just said to me the week before. And I thought, if I have a choice, then I don't want to go down this road. And I had no idea how I was going to do it. But that was my last fibro support meeting, and I worked with my naturopathic medical doctor, and I would take my 
little prescription that he would write down the nutrients and the vitamins and herbs that he wanted me to use. And I would drive to the health food store and it was in the aisles at the health food store that they would show me all the different um, products to choose from and helped me learn about them. And that's where I began. And after that, I started seeing uh, my own patients and I started using dietary supplement protocols with them. And um, so not only did it change my life, I've been able to help others uh, take control of their own health. And uh, that's why I do what I do. Well, and, and it's an awesome story, and I'm so glad you shared it with us. Um, there's a couple of points that I want to highlight that really struck me when you first told it, and now again, as you told it, there's there's first choice. I think that's a really, really big deal when it comes to our health. There are many of us, I think, in fact, I may say most of us in society now that have essentially given up our power, our choice in terms of how we're going to take care of our health, and we just hand it over to uh, our doctor, or I guess generally it's our doctor, but other uh, health professionals, things like that, and basically say, you take care of my health for me. I don't know what I'm doing. Here, take it. Uh, how do you feel about that approach? Uh, I feel like people have become dependent on systems to take care of them and tell them what to do. And I think now is an is a wonderful opportunity for people to regain the faith in their body. Our human body is dynamic. And if we can uh, educate ourselves on what nutrients our body needs to support our organs and our systems for optimal function, then we can gain that control back. And, uh, and be responsible for our own health. And that's what I do today and uh, want to encourage others to do, especially right now. A hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now, obviously. And we'll talk a little bit about the, the current viral scare here in a minute when it comes to uh, our immune systems. But one thing that I, another thing that you mentioned in your, in your story that I thought was really powerful is first you mentioned choice and, and we talked about that. And I love what you just said in terms of taking responsibility for our own health. I think that's a really, really big deal. And when I see people at Vitality Nutrition deciding to make that choice, that I'm going to be responsible for my health, I'm not going to surrender that to somebody else, doesn't mean that you can't utilize the knowledge and information of, of experts around you. You absolutely should take advantage of that. But you taking personal responsibility for it, I think, is what actually helps us get well, because now we're an equal partner in that process as opposed to just uh, being dictated to. But the other thing that you mentioned was that, that that support group you were part of, they had been helping you accept your limitations. I hated what you said just then. <laughs> that sounded awful because I see that all the time. I have customers that come into Vitality and they feel like they're saddled with this diagnosis, whatever it might be. Oftentimes, it's autoimmune stuff like what you mentioned, and they just don't think they really have options and that they need to figure out how to deal with it as opposed to actually improving their health. And I, I love what you said about that, that you decided you weren't willing to accept your limitations anymore. That's right. I think that we can make that choice. And actually, when we do, it empowers us. Because if you think about 
how our mind works, every time we think, we release chemicals in our body. And those chemicals are either going to help our body or hurt our body. Look at stress. Stress is very damaging on our body. And if you think you are helpless and you are stuck and you don't have the option of improving your health and you just need to learn to deal with it, it's sad. And when you're sad and when you're stressed, you're going to release more of those damaging chemicals. But then when you, you know, decide that uh, you can help your own body function better and you make choices, lifestyle choices, you make dietary supplement choices, then you feel good about yourself and you feel good about the potential of how you can get better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That self-empowerment is huge. We have to recognize that our bodies, I loved it, well, another word you used, dynamic, that our bodies are dynamic and that if we treat them the way that they need to be treated, provide them what they need to be provided with, they can do amazing things and heal from some pretty uh, scary uh, types of illnesses. So I, all of that is, is an awesome way to lead into why I brought you here in the first place, and that is to talk about our immune systems. Now, I think that one of the biggest challenges, and correct me if you think I'm wrong when you uh, talk to uh, clients of your own, but I think one of the biggest challenges that people have is the body seems overwhelming. It's like if you you think about auto mechanics and you don't know anything, uh, the, the difference between an air filter and an oil filter, and somebody says, okay, you know, go fix that car that doesn't work. You don't know where to start. You don't know how to do it. I am an idiot when it comes to car repair. So I leave that up to the professionals. And I think a lot of people do that with our bodies too. We look at our body and we say, I don't understand how all this stuff works. And so oftentimes it's easier to just, you know, hand that off to somebody else. And I want to focus today on the immune system and how it works in in as much in as simple a terms as I can uh, while we're talking uh, today, because I feel like if people can just understand the basics, the basics of how the immune system works and what we need to do, there will be far less fear. There's a lot of fear right now with this COVID-19 coronavirus thing going around that people are, you know, terrified that they're going to get it or maybe worse, their elderly loved one is going to get it and that's it. And I think if we have one of the things that empowers us is knowledge to actually know, you know, that we can have some control over the outcome of these types of things. So let's talk about the immune system. And uh, we we spent a little bit longer than I expected, uh, so I, we better jump into it. There are two parts of the immune system: the innate and the acquired. Uh, can you explain that to us? Yes, yes. Let me break it down, simplify it. The innate side of our immune system is what we're born with. We've got physical barriers. And the one that I like to really point out is our mucous membranes. And we've got the little hairs in our nose. So this is our first line of defense to anything we come up against in our environment. And then we also have under the innate side of the immune system, something called phagocytes. And phagocytes are our white blood cells. And we've got several of these, neutrophils, macrophages, 
basophils, eosinophils, natural killer cells. And I think, you know, people may be a little familiar with those terms if they go get, you know, their complete blood count at their doctor's office. And they may see the little uh, numbers saying, you know, oh, well, you're you know, neutrophils are increased. or um, So this gives us a little clue about what's going on and how our immune system is working. When I think of neutrophils, I think of bacteria because neutrophils are the white blood cells that go after bacteria. But macrophages is really what I want to focus on for just a minute because macrophages go after viruses. And if you remember the little Pac-Man game that came out years ago. We used to play in the arcades, and that tells you how old I am. They, macrophages, are just like Pac-Man in our body, and they go around and engulf viruses. And natural killer cells. Natural killer cells are amazing because a virus, for instance cannot replicate in the body on its own. It has to take our cells hostage and use the machinery inside our cells to replicate its RNA, RNA or DNA, genetic material. And by the way, most viruses, common viruses are, uh, 70% of them are RNA genetic material. But the natural killer cells will go after the cells that have been hijacked by the virus. So I absolutely love that. Um, And then let me move over to the acquired side. Now, the acquired side of our immunity is our adaptive side. As we become exposed to things in our environment, it's developing. It is made up of the T cells and the B cells, and they're made in our bone marrow. Now, The T cells travel to our thymus gland, and that's where they mature and learn how to recognize anything that is an invader in our body. On this side, we have the helper T cells. Now, the helper T cells are messengers. They're listening and watching what is going on with our immune system, and they're sending out messages to the cytotoxic T cells. And then the cytotoxic T cells will go and they'll help the natural killer cells and the macrophages and they'll take it out through our lymph system. And by the way, the other little part of the acquired immune system are the B cells. Now, the B cells are our memory-making cells. So once we've been exposed to something, the B cells remember that. So the next time you come into contact with it, it says, nope, you don't belong in my body. And it goes ahead and takes care of it. So, you know, it seems really complicated, but our immune system is so well organized. And all we have to do is support it with the nutrients that we take in. Yeah. And so with the support, I think, is maybe the key uh, term uh, or word there, uh, because one of the things that's interesting is that our body, and we talked about this before we started the interview, our body wants to do what it's supposed to do. It wants to do what's best for us. It wants to protect us from all of these 
crazy things. I mean, if you think about the history of what's been happening here, you know, we have coronavirus or COVID-19 now, but, you know, we've had everything from H1N1 to, you know, Ebola and Zika and all these different things that pop up. And it seems like every three or four or five years, we're supposed to be pretty scared about something. One thing is I, I talked about the word fear and I talked about a lot on, on a previous episode. Fear is devastating to our entire physical system because it, it breaks down all kinds of things because of the stress hormones that are created from that. So knowledge is power and it, and it prevents us from having these fears, I think. But you said that we have to support that those systems. We have to support that. How do we support it then? Well, basic support is making sure you're eating healthy. Don't intake an abundance of sugar that can um, depress your immune system. Make sure you are drinking plenty of water and definitely getting plenty of sleep because our bodies recover when we sleep and renew when we sleep. So, and then absolutely from my own personal experience, taking dietary supplements. Now, dietary supplements are in addition to a healthy diet and you take them along with everything else you're doing. And what I like to do is not wait until I need something. I like to prep and prepare my body for whatever needs it may have coming up. And so that's why I love to take dietary supplements for supporting and nurturing the cells of my immune system ahead of time. Okay, so then if we're talking about some of the requirements, because you mentioned sleep, which I'm constantly telling people, we've got to get more sleep, and constantly looking in the mirror at myself and saying, hey, Jared, you got to get more sleep. Such a critical component. Of course, drinking water and getting hydrated is is critical, and our diet is huge. There's, uh, you know, not much can make up for a really bad diet, and we certainly have plenty of bad diets here in America. But if we're doing these things, and but, but we're still missing some things, they call them dietary supplements because they're supposed to supplement our diet. What are the key elements that, in your view from the, the research you've done that our bodies are generally missing that would be critical to a, a properly functioning immune system? Oh, I would say foundational uh, absolutely would be your probiotics because – one of the things in studying since probably 2005, the Human Microbiome Project came out with a lot of information, and that was a study done by the National Institutes of Health. It was supported by our taxpayer dollars. So this information is really for the public, and if you know people don't know about it, I encourage them to really look it up and find out more. But what we learned was that our bodies, our human bodies, are made up of more bacteria than we are human cells. And that natural bacteria, that natural flora that our body has in our gut, actually all over our body, but mostly in our gut, is more responsible for our health than our own genes. And so when we are eating a healthy diet, we want to make sure that we are eating foods that support that natural flora. And those are going to be your prebiotics, your fiber, your kimchi, your kefir. You're going to support those with inulin and acacia, things like that that are in our vegetables. 
But if you know that you haven't had a great diet and you need to support the gut, which is probably 70% of our immune system, probiotics are number one foundational. And I believe you need a probiotic that is enteric. And that way it makes sure that you get those healthy bacteria and microbes through the stomach acid into your intestines. That's number one. Okay, so we've got to get the gut right. And of course, that's critical for all forms of immune uh, function, but also especially, I would say, for autoimmune, uh, people that deal with autoimmune diseases, uh, for sure, like what you were dealing with. Outside of that, are there nutrients, vitamins, minerals, things like that, that we're not getting enough of in our diets that we need to supplement? I would, the next one that is foundational for our health that I like to encourage people to take, especially seasonally, is zinc. I think it's very easy for people not to get enough zinc in their diet. And zinc is a crucial mineral for not only the normal development of our immune system, but for both sides, for the function of the innate immune system and the function of the acquired immune system. So it's going to help with that phagocytosis, with the macrophages engulfing foreign invaders. It's going to improve the function of our natural killer cells and the growth of our T cells and B cells. So zinc is my number two supplement that I would encourage people to Uh, make sure they're getting enough of. Is there a specific form that you like to recommend when it comes to zinc? I've read about a lot of different forms, and I think it's more of a personal choice. You know, chelated is often, you know, easily used in the body. Zinc gluconate is wonderful. I know they have uh, zinc in lozenges where people can get ongoing uh, zinc supplementation throughout the day. And that's, that's ideal. If anybody wants extra information on zinc, there was a doctor, a PhD by the name of G-A-E-B-Y. And he originally did uh, research back in the 1980s. And um, that's really where we get a lot of our information on how important zinc is in the human body today. Excellent. Okay. And what about vitamin C? We have been hearing quite a bit out of China and Korea with vitamin C and how they're uh, utilizing it to fight the coronavirus. What What are your thoughts on that as a daily supplement? Oh, all around. You know, vitamin C is something that I think it's been so commonplace that we actually forget about it. But absolutely, vitamin C has been studied for supporting the immune response since the 1940s. And Linus Pauling, two-time Nobel Prize winner, he published the book Vitamin C and the Common Cold back in 1970. So this is wonderful for supporting our natural killer cell activities, our white blood cell proliferation, Um, And there's a lot of studies. We've forgotten about it, but we need to bring it back up, especially seasonally, and make sure our bodies are getting enough of vitamin C. 
Excellent. And vitamin D is an interesting one. You're in Florida. The majority of my audience at this point is in Utah, and uh, we're just coming out of a long, cold, dark winter. What are your thoughts on vitamin D as a supplement versus vitamin D from the sun? And and how do we make sure that we're getting enough? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different opinions on vitamin D. And my first choice Absolutely. If you can get 15 minutes of natural sunlight, I believe that is ideal. But if you can't, you probably want to supplement with vitamin D because so many studies uh, for so many health benefits are coming out with vitamin D, not just for our immune system, but also for calcium absorption. Um, so this is really important for overall health. It's one of those standards. Absolutely. And so those are some of the key elements that we require that we're probably not getting enough of in our diets. What about if we are concerned about keeping our immune system uh, fully active and functioning against things, especially, you know, right now, again, there's the coronavirus scare that's got a lot of people um, concerned. And of course, a lot of people have become ill. What are some herbal things that you've found have been useful? I, I'd like to uh, kind of differentiate here things that people can use daily that uh, are effective at helping keep the immune system up versus things that you might use only when you're uh, feeling like maybe your immune system is being compromised. Absolutely. Yes, people can add botanical herbs on and off as they need them. I like to take them a lot of times um you know, for six to eight weeks in preparation of certain seasons when we know that we might be more vulnerable. Um, one of my favorite is olive leaf extract native to the Mediterranean. This one is wonderful, wide spectrum benefits. And actually, olive leaf is interesting because in research, we find that its mechanism of action inhibits viral assembly at the cell membrane. So it interferes with uh, critical amino acid production, and it really can support our immune system um, during times that we may find ourselves vulnerable. Another one that I, I like personally uh, is andrographis. The andrographis, uh, traditionally found in India, well-known in Ayurvedic medicine, andrographis increases white blood cells and it promotes the release of interferon. And interferon is antiviral by nature. And that's because when our immune system sends a uh, foreign invader, it's going to release this interferon. And uh, I love that. It also enhances our T cells, our natural killer cells. One of my favorite. Excellent. And are both of those herbs things that you suggest people use? You said you use them for six to eight weeks to kind of boost things up. Uh, would they be safe to use daily if someone chose to? You know, I I don't want to give that advice individual. You know, it needs to be individually so I would say, you know, check with your natural health care provider 
for yourself. But olive leaf, honestly, there are so many benefits. I've taken it. I've taken that for an extended amount of time myself. Okay. And uh, what about if someone does feel like their immune system is being compromised currently, you know, maybe they're coming down with, uh, you know, some runny nose or sore throat or some of those types of things. What are herbs that would be, uh, that you would typically recommend when somebody's trying to give their immune system some stimulation that, that you would recommend? Well, there's two. Um, and by the way, <laughs> I actually felt like I was uh, getting a little rundown yesterday. And, and these are two things that I did. But number one, black seed oil, uh, nigella sativa is the form, the scientific name, nigella sativa. But this one is amazing. And the active constituent is actually thamoquinone and has been the subject of hundreds of clinical trials, very broad spectrum, and I like to take that one. And then the other one, when I feel like I definitely want to do something either proactive or, you know, if I need it afterwards, I will take elderberry, black elderberry sambucus. And now this is interesting because... It's a member of the honeysuckle family and the phytonutrients that are in here include flavonoids such as quercetin and rutin and zinc and vitamin A and vitamin C. So you are getting some of your foundational, but there's amazing research on these flavonoids in elderberries for supporting our immune system. Yeah, the four things that you mentioned personally, the ones I've I've used the most are the elderberry and the olive leaf. I'm a huge fan of both. I've uh, recently been reading a lot about andrographis uh, and am very intrigued, actually, by uh, what uh, its uh, capabilities are. And I'm just uh, starting to kind of dig into black seed oil, too. So I'm glad you mentioned those. That gives me a little bit of a reason to... Uh, Dig a little deeper into those two, uh, knowing that you've had success with them. But yeah, all excellent recommendations. I really appreciate it. I, as it typically is the case uh, when uh, I have somebody with your knowledge base on the air, we end up running out of time way too early. And that is what's happened now. Uh, are there any, uh, I've got about in a minute or so left, are there any parting words you'd like to leave uh, in terms of uh, immune support for the people listening? Uh, I want to encourage people to look for more information themselves. You know, you can also look at colloidal silver. You can look at monolaurin. Um, you can look at echinacea, of course. And then uh, beta-glucans and epicor is another one. But there's so much out there. I encourage everybody to educate themselves. Look for this knowledge. It's readily available to you. A hundred percent. I could not agree with that statement more. All right. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated having you. I'd love to have you on again uh, on a future show, uh, tackling another topic, if that's a possibility. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. That's going to have to wrap up the show today. Again, my thanks to Jennifer Rasp-Bickerton, a uh, educator for Nutraceuticals. She has been 
a wealth of knowledge. I could have spoken to her for a much, much longer period of time, but we're going to have to wrap it up. Check out our new website, vitalityradio.com. You can listen to any of the past shows there. You can also access a bunch of other great information. We're going to be adding to that on a regular basis. And um, I think that's pretty much all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.